This is Jam DeMatteis, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 167, and you are with your high pressure conchu, Ray. Hello, hello. And we are back to our comic book reviews and discussions. And tonight, due to a waning crescent up in the sky, we are going to head into a Lunapic classic run review. So we'll be doing a discussion of Moon Knight Volume 1, Issue 16. Uh, kind of like a double hit. Uh, we've got the main story, Shadows of the Moon, followed by Seekers of Stone. Now, I am talking in plural, and I sometimes do that when I am by myself and a little bit crazy, but I am not tonight to this morning, whatever. I am joined by a special guest, guest co-host. He has been on the show before, uh, a great musician, member of Delita, a fantastic music that you've heard at the beginning. That is theirs. It's uh, it's Looney, Noel Looney Tunes. Tate, welcome, Noel. <laughs> Hi, Ray. How are you doing? <laughs> or just Looney? You could keep it that way. Just Looney. I like tunes. Tunes with a Z or a Z. I'm not sure. How do they say it in the US? Z, Z. Z? We say Z, but I like Z. to say Z. Z. Z's dead. Mm-hmm. Looney Tunes. <laughs> and I've I've seen here. I just misspelt it on the prom sheet. Looney Tons. Uh, call you the fonz <laughs> anyway thank you noel thank you so much for joining this is going to be cool thanks for having noel, me you, yeah of course um and we've had you a couple of times before uh i think mostly doing classic run or classic classic comics um yeah. which is pretty cool is the way you like it noel that seems to be our thing that is my favorite run volume one mm. so yeah that was a little rhyme for you <laughs> um but yeah, so this will be good. This will be a departure, actually. It's I believe it's the first time it's it's a non-Doug Mensch, Bill Sienkiewicz yeah. issue. So interesting. Uh, you'll gather our thoughts, loonies, as we as we crack into it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, just to kick off, Noel, I usually uh, say a huge thank you to the Patroonies, a big thank you to them. Uh, um, thanks for showing your support towards the show. Every little bit helps, even listening. It's great to, to be able to uh, mix it in amongst fellow Moon Knight fans. But a big thank you to Justin, Dustin, Derek, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Russell, and Anthony. Thank you so much, guys, for um, throwing in and uh, weighing in. And uh, and please, yeah, just uh, just you know, drop us a line whenever. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 really good. Uh, very grateful, and uh, love to be able to return the favor in some way. So a huge thank you to all of them. A little a little thing as well. I sent a message. Uh, yeah, that monthly ITK digest. It is coming out very soon. I've nearly finished it. Um, it's now becoming like I I wanted to do it at the beginning of the month, but it's now more kind of like from mid. Mid month to mid month, only because I'm a, a lazy bugger. But, uh, <laughs> but it will be coming out soon, guys. Uh, thank you so much for your patience. Also, big sponsors Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to play at their best, and Dreamland Comics from Illinois, the superhero superstore. Now, Noel, before we go into any intricacies of this coming issue, uh, yeah, just a just a little bit of a catch up, a yarn. 
what's been doing um any any good recommendations for reads or any watches any music um poof. is there anything well it's it's uh i guess almost halloween time mm-hmm. so i was rereading um the uh i guess it started as a comic but now it's graphic novel by charles burns called black hole okay have you heard of this book no do you know who charles burns is is he the brother of monty burns (laughs) (laughs) sure uh no he's just a he's a uh alternative uh comic book artist Mm -hmm. cartoon cartoonist from i think he's originally from the seattle washington area um and he did a book a while back i probably started i think in the early 90s uh, it was a comic called black hole about some teens in um the washington suburbs or the seattle suburbs who all start to mutate oh. um and uh it's really bizarre and kind of horrific it's pretty great for halloween book black and white uh, graphic Bo- novel body and horror? it's yeah but, but, and kind of psychological like kind of cool. trippy weird but i was starting to reread that for the season it's hard huh. to get through i mean it's not it's not the most disgusting book i've ever seen but it is really weird and pretty disturbing <laughs> so that, wow. i would recommend i would recommend that um for what i don't know i haven't been watching too much uh regular tv or movies i caught i caught that new um charlie kaufman movie that's on netflix um what's it called it's called uh i've already forgotten the name i i I think i'm going to end things or i think we should end things or something like that okay you know charlie kaufman was uh um what did he wrote uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind oh okay well i mean and, i've seen that yeah and um uh what's the other one that he, he did with um uh being john malkovich oh wow okay right so uh, he's a particular for, style yeah 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 very weird kind of stuff in this film i don't really know what to think of the movie actually <laughs> how did you how did you get towards it like how did you we were just sitting around and saw, and I was like, oh, Charlie Kaufman, this should be fun and weird. And it turned out just to be kind of sad and weird instead uh, and kind yeah. of didn't make didn't make a lot of sense. I don't know. Maybe someday I'll catch it again. But he'd been working on it for a long time, and I think he'd been working on it for Netflix. I don't think it was supposed to be a, a release for the theaters, but regardless, okay. it, it went to streaming and... Um, I don't know. I don't think I can recommend it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't really know what to make of it. I guess. I yeah. Yeah. Uh, usually, yeah. Like I said, I'm really a pretty big fan of sort of obtuse or strange things, but this one was just kind of like, wait, what? What's okay? Uh, this you is think you'd, you think you'd weird for the it? sake of it. I, maybe think... someday. Yeah. Yeah. To maybe um, maybe there are some hidden layers under there or something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just something I didn't get yeah i don't yeah. know but um, how about and the, how about any tunes with a z z z i haven't been listening yeah. to a- any new music at all mm-hmm. just uh old, the old stuff. stuff yeah just any the Eddie, Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it 
after yeah. he died. I, I was, you know, I was a big fan when I was, I'm, I'm of the age where I was, to give it away, I was 10 years old when 1984 came out. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, that was a big hit, that record. So, but I couldn't, yeah. I don't know. I've not, never been a fan of the uh, kind of, what, what do we call it here? Like kind of butt metal stuff. <laughs> okay, now, yeah, fair enough. I, I, it's a... I guess it's a particular kind of genre. Um, but, you know, yeah, a big name. I mean, not to say that I've been listening to, to much of his stuff as well. Um, I mean, I but, respect uh, respect Van yeah. Halen a lot. And I do. I mean, there are so, that record is great, and they're they're a good band. And I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I was like, that's very sad. I was more sad that he's yeah. just, you know, he's, he's had a pretty... A uh, tough life, I would say. He's had a lot yeah. of things. He, didn't he have a stroke or something a while back? And, oh, I'm not sure. He's not that know. old. And I mean, it's not that old. He's like, what, like 76 or something? Or I don't even think he was quite that old. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe in the 60s? I don't know. Oh, but okay. I just, Yeah, I just pulled that figure out of nowhere. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah. He, he seemed, I remember when it was on the news, he just, yeah, they, they said all the details and he seemed to be, yeah, not, not that old. So... Um, yeah, that's, it's pretty sad, but, um, yeah, you know, it just, yeah, I was about to say, I don't know, what, what can, I was, can you say, I was just about to say, like, I didn't want to just say it's yet another thing in 2020, I don't want to like, lessen it, um, by saying that, but it has been, it has been <laughs> it, a big yeah. year, you know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, well, yeah. we're getting of, we're getting of the age where it's like a lot of the people that we kind of grew up with are mm. Dying, you know, I think started Prince and David Bowie and all these people over the past few years yeah. have been yeah, exactly. just kick, kicking the bucket. And it's pretty soon where I think a lot more of the people that, you know, I'm sure like, um, you know, some, some of the members of like Black Flag or some of the punk mm -hmm. bands I grew up with are going to be kicking it pr pretty soon. And yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be yeah. sad. I mean, they're only maybe 10 years older than us, mm -hmm. but it, it won't, won't be long. I know, Jesus, <laughs> ominous, but yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, time marches on. Um, look, I, I can't say I've been listening to to much. Uh, I mean, listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, mm, me just too. just today, yeah. I mean, well, just today though, I I thought I'd just give a listen to um to some of the scores um of, of some some of the MCU films. Uh, I just got oh. reacquainted with with the uh, the Thor. Soundtrack by Patrick Doyle, a very well-established composer. Um, mm -hmm. Really nice sweeping. Oh, I've just forgotten how much I love that kind of soundtrack. It's just, just the score, like the um, the background. Yeah. Uh, just like sweeping, operatic kind of, um, you know, regal kind of music. So, no, I, I was just loving that. Um, yeah, podcasts, um, just the usual, uh, basically. But Happiness in Darkness, I want to give that a shout-out because uh, they're the superhero movie podcast. Uh, hosted by DJ Nick, uh, so I was listening to their review of Thor, um, the first uh, film, two thousand eleven. I'm gonna say, um, <laughs> and that's always good. It's always fun. It's uh, it's a very consistent, a very insightful show. So a big shout out to to DJ Nick uh, from Happiness in Darkness. Um, what do you do while you're listening to soundtracks? Do you just kind of put them on and do work or yeah yeah generally yeah, yeah work because because i guess no vocals and stuff i can mm -hmm. i can still concentrate like it's it's a bit harder can, when you yeah can you read while you're listening to yeah. things like soundtracks okay yeah 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 unless unless it's i get really invested but i can i can kind of 
you know, um, de- screen myself off and kind of um, put it in the background in my head while I think. But yeah, but then you know, but I can also actively listen as well. But yeah, as a little harder with um, with vocals. Uh, yeah, yeah I do, do that at work. I mean, you know me at work, Noel. I was texting you nonstop because yeah, you don't I do anything nothing while to you're do. there. Exactly. <laughs> it's like get back to work. Hey, uh-huh. all right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, I guess reading wise, um, there's a lot of reading that I do because I love um, I love listening to there's other podcasts that review certain things. So I, I reread um, Craven's Last Hunt, uh, mm. which I really enjoyed, and the lead up issues to that. So it was the, actually the Peter Parker MJ wedding, which was uh, I've never yeah. read that issue, but that's a really oh, awesome really? annual. Yeah, yeah, really fun annual. Um, yeah, it's I have so- that in a book. I have that oh, in a book did? of there's a trade that they did of just all the famous Marvel weddings. Oh, okay. It has yeah. the Fantastic Four wedding in there, it has MJ and Peter's wedding, it has the yeah. uh Cyclops and Jean's Jean, Grey uh, yeah. wedding and a couple other really okay, funny yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean they sound like the big ones. Um Yeah. That but, the Spider Man wedding is actually one of my favorites. It's so funny. It is <laughs> just, well, it's, it, it, it's just so it's unconventional. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean they have huge doubts. You know they're running late. MJ's out partying to the wee hours of the morning. She's got like, having a yeah. It's, it's really good. Um, With really some enjoy- guy named Bruce. Bruce. And people thought, yeah. They thought that maybe that was supposed to be Bruce Willis because he was kind of a playboy back in those days. Oh, and- okay. I thought it was a bit of a joke on uh, the distinguished competition. Mm, it probably it could have been, yeah, yeah. but it is it is really funny, and just that that one scene where they are getting married, and he's like, "I pronounce you man and wife" or whatever, and he's having the dream, and all his mm. villains are in the yes, <laughs> yeah, the it gets it gets all a bit warped, yeah, and the Green Goblin is there just completely straight faced and says, "Die." It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that is one of my favorite. I think, um, obviously, with. Craven's Last Hunt, which I always seem to enjoy more and more when I read it, because um, when I first read it, I thought actually I thought it was like not that, not that good. I thought it was just you know, it's like this was a very it's different Steve way Mateus. of writing. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a different way of writing. He's got a particular style, but every mm-hmm. time I read it, for, for serious, like I for serious, <laughs> every time I read it seriously, um, I I enjoy it more. Um, mm-hmm. Not only because you know, maybe discover new things, but it's just like it's so deliciously kind of ambiguous about Craven and his motives and his sense of honor. It, nothing is really well defined, but you get a sense of what he's trying to achieve. Um, yeah, and it's it's really uh, yeah, it just it's really cool. So uh, that and the, and the wedding, I think, is is really um, interesting. And the epic has other stuff like the hobgoblin revealed. Um, no mm. spoilers, spoilers. There are like Ned. It's Ned, which was a big thing at the time. Yep. Uh, and then there's also Alistair Smythe. I think that was an editorial thing. I can't remember. Oh I think, yeah, it was I a huge, was some, crazy was in, thing with, with in the, the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was. They, they wanted. They, they wanted they, one thing and. Yes, they. It was going to be. I mean, there were so many red herrings as to who the hobgoblin would be, and it was going to be all these other people. I can't even remember who they were now. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, maybe even Richard Fisk, who was the Rose, and yeah, Ned Leeds was going to be the Rose. That it was all twisted mm-hmm. and turned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a whole thing behind it, which was very interesting to learn. Um, anyway, yeah. Also, and uh, and just reading, I'm starting uh, the Silver uh, Silver Surfer. Epic. Oh. So the, from the very oh. first appearance. Uh, oh, is that where fun. that epic starts? 
Yeah, it's on volume one. It's um, it's actually it doubles up with some of the Fantastic Four issues that they. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember looking at it because I was trying to. Find, I have the um, uh, essentials, the black and white. Mm. Yep. Yep. That has all that stuff um, because it's really hard to find. You know, yes. the early, the early uh, is it Basema and Lee who wrote the solo comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this the one I'm reading at the moment. It's not even his comic yet. It's uh, it's a yeah, fantastic it four issues. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. It starts with but, the coming of Galactus. Yes. Yeah. And he cool. looks really weird. And he looks really weird. And the Watcher looks even even weirder. I don't know if you remember it. He looks. Uh, Jack I don't Kirby. Know. Yeah. I don't know how you say it. He looks. Uh, he, his head's big, but everything else is big. <laughs> it's <laughs> something very different to what you're used to with the Watcher these days. That's, that's mm-hmm. all. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so it's a lot of fun, fun reading. Um, and movies-wise, uh, a little plug because I, be, I jumped on the Capes and Lunatics to talk about Ghostbusters. So I watched Ghostbusters <laughs> again. Uh, man, it's funny. Like, of course, there's so many outdated things in it that you just cringe at. But yeah, you put, you put all of that kind of aside because it's it was 1984. Um, exactly. Uh, but it's just a really funny, it's really funny film. I, and I was, I was reminded of how cool, how like funny Bill Murray is. Um, uh, I've always been a fan of his, but um, mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to watch his movie again to see just his comic timing, his uh, his sarcasm, all that sort yeah, of stuff. He's and so, his improv. I think, yeah. yeah. I think the hidden gem for that movie is Harold Ramis. I think he's the yeah, funniest. He's, yeah, he's it's, good as he well. really makes the movie for me. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, okay. Well, sounds like we've, um, we've both been a little busy. Uh, did you know also, uh, Noel, the, uh, online, I forget what it's called, something about Metaverse. It's the New York Comic Con. I don't have much information, but that was out, uh, yeah, October I 8th to the 11th. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that they were still going to try to do uh, some sort of virtual Yep. Thing or something? Uh, yeah, I, I stumbled it, onto it, but really, yeah, I yeah. just saw that a few. I think I saw on Twitter maybe that some of the um, more like the comic uh, critics were start doing their own sort of panels and stuff. But mm-hmm. I didn't know. I heard a little bit about some things that maybe um, John Suntrist from the Word Balloon podcast was going to mm-hmm. maybe do. I I don't know. I I had a hard time keeping up. It was my birthday weekend, so I wasn't. Paid a whole lot of attention uh, to. Ah, uh, yeah, no, glug, glug, comic. glug, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of coffee and water. <laughs> coffee and water. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, true. Look, if you, you would have blinked and missed it. I just one of those mm-hmm. things. I ended up seeing a lot of it advertised because I stumbled onto it, and you know how Google or whatever tracks mm-hmm. what you've like clicked onto. So I, I learned more of it from. The uh, the spam that I got afterwards <laughs> right. in the actual event, uh, stuff like the Smallville cast was on it. Um, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, all the all the Taz like Batman series and stuff, um, that mm. was all on there. But yeah, I largely missed. I don't know what was announced. Uh, it doesn't seem like anything anything huge was announced. Otherwise, we would have gotten it on on Twitter, and you know would have picked it up then. So. Uh, if I'm wrong, loonies, just please. If I've missed out somehow, the Moon Knight casting, or if I've missed <laughs> if I've missed the first episode of Moon Knight, please let me know because I'd hate to miss out on that sort of thing. Um, anyway, um, let's let's head on to news, Noel. Before we just um, crack into this issue, a couple of small things. Really, I've got only a couple of things here. 
again, a lot of rubbish on the internet. Um, just kind of it's trolling. all the internet. It is exactly. It's just, a, it's just a big bowl of piss. Exactly me and me with a, an apron and a rubber gloves, just trying mm-hmm. to sift through the uh, the scum. Uh, mm-hmm. And anyway, I thought I'd pick one or two of them, <laughs> just just to you know <laughs> fill the a void. Few chunks in the piss. So a couple, uh, a little bit, a couple of chunks here. Um, mm-hmm. One is again, there's this thing of one haunting of Bly Manor. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, Star has their sights on playing Marvel's Moon Knight. I think that is Oliver Jackson Cohen. If I'm not mistaken, I was mistaken. just going to say, is that the the Invisible Man, right? The Invisible Man. I've not seen anything of his. No, you, you neither, neither. No, but I've heard, I've. I've actually watched that one interview, I think, where some yeah, me too. W- for the press for Invisible Man, when someone was like, they want you to play Moon Knight. And he was like, who's that? Sounds yeah. great. I'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Pay me. <laughs> I think he first said, what's a Moon Knight? And yeah. <laughs> but I think now he's, yes, he's. I've heard, well, I've heard he's a really good actor. Yeah. And he, I mean, he looks like a Mark Spector to me. Yeah. So like, yeah. sure. Sounds great. And he's younger. Like I know that casting, the supposed casting call, people take all these things like they actually are something. Thing. Yeah. Well, what do you, you got a bat in there? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that you know that they're really that they're true, but uh, just like yeah. the thing with Frenchies in like oh like a kind of a comic relief thing that doesn't mean that that's go- people have to remember that these are just any hints of little news that we're grabbing. But yeah, um, he's on uh, Cohen's on the younger side, which I like. I prefer somebody myself a little bit younger so they could play mm-hmm. moon knight for a long time and not have to yeah. rely all on a stunt person to do everything yeah um but i think he, so i think he's be great. old yeah i think he's old enough though still to to pull off that i've been there and done that kind of you know life as a merc so mm-hmm. i think that's what a lot of people were kind of edging for with the older mark that they want someone that actually has been grizzled and, and hardened and has kind of lived life. Um, yeah, but when you have got the history that Mark has, you know, like it wouldn't have to be. No. You could be thirty years old and already be in the military, the CIA, be a mercenary Absolutely. for a long time. So yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just say he would be a little too young for me if he was like in his early early twenties. And I'm assuming Oliver Oliver Jackson Cohen no. is not. He's in his thirty-ish. Thirty. Yeah, the, the sweet spot about about the 30, mm-hmm. 30 age. So mm-hmm. um. So anyway, that popped up again. Um, make of it what you will. And uh, this other one, which is a little bit more, has a little bit more substance, and actually got reminded of this, Noel, uh, a preview for the last part of The Age of Conchu in Avengers 37 is out. So I'll put that mm. out, a preview page is out on um, on our Facebook group and page. Have a look if you want to. If you don't, don't. I, I'd never look at these things. Uh, but the last part of it, Noel, this should be this should be good to wrap up this, this five-parter. Um, you know, just briefly, what are your what are your thoughts on what seems to be the whole the whole arc now? I mean, without having read the last part, of course. I haven't read any of it. Excellent, <laughs> excellent, <laughs> fantastic. Um, I've, I've I've been listening to the show, so I yep. know I've been catching up what's going on because I don't really care about spoilers, especially for something yep. like this. That just seems yeah. to be hey, it's just pie in the sky. It's gonna yeah, that's it. Go. it looks fun. I've looked at some it of the fun. art. Uh, yep. The art looks fantastic, but yeah, that's um, cool. I'm not I really really do like Jason Aaron as a comic book writer um, but I like it when his things are a little bit more sort of contained yeah. so I knew Avengers was I'd heard early on his Avengers was kind of whatever right away like it's it's good and fun 
sounding stuff, but nothing too. It's like it's not his Doctor Strange run, which I think was mm. um, uh, fantastic, or was like yeah, or obviously a lot of other things he's written that were yeah. really great. I think um, I think I'll wait the for event- the trade. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting the trade myself. It's only five issues, so you know it's going to be in one of those like slim trades. And, and there you go, Bob's your uncle. That's that's your that's your thing right there. Um, I haven't been maybe you know, you know, the big big thing. I haven't been collecting the the floppies of it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, there's nothing wrong with if you want to get every appearance of Moon Knight. That's great. I think I know Anthony from Capes on the Couch, a big Moon Knight fan. I think he's collecting the floppies to complete his set, which is great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I started reading. I was considering two, but I'm not too jazzed about the story. So I think I can let this one slip. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah in, in a trade, that's that's good enough. For right, me. and you could pick up the floppies in a yeah. quarter bin pretty soon anyway. That's probably exactly. what after getting the trade, I'll do that in like a exactly. year or two. That no one's gonna care. You can pick up all modern Avengers stuff for pretty yeah. cheap. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I like to get all the floppies too, but I'm not gonna spend any coin on. Mm. Yeah, that's really I mean, that's doing fair. it right now. Absolutely. I mean, what is it? Five bucks an issue right now. I'm not going to spend thirty. Yeah, <laughs> 30 yeah bucks that is getting five issues of Avengers. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, but I mean, it, as you say, it is a fun issue. Uh, let us not dissuade you, loonies, if you haven't read it. Um, read it for yourself. Let us know what you think. Uh, and so that comes out. Well, basically, I think it's as when this podcast comes out, it would have just been released. So. What's actually happening, and I'm thinking on the fly here, Noel, was that I've got to do a, a quick reaction episode to this last issue. So if you're listening to this now, loonies as well, pop your comments in, drop them in. Um, I'll read them out as well, and, and let, let's finish off this baby that is uh, the age of Conchu and, you know, send it home into the into the phoenix sky. should be fun. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, uh, those are the, the last bits of news, Noel. So... Uh, I think I don't know if you're if you're ready. I think we're ready to to get into the thing. We might just drop off to a quick break before we do that. Just freshen up. Get yourself another couple of liters of coffee. <laughs> oh, it, she's looking empty. <laughs> so, um, uh, and uh, yeah, Linnies will be right back to start our coverage of Shadows of the Moon, Moon Knight Volume One, Issue Sixteen. Catch you soon. <laughs> You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the Mary Marvel. Anyone hear us? This is Trey Lawson. And I'm James Hickson. Anyone can hear this broadcast. We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night, Man-Thing, Ghost Rider, and so much more. Forcing us to record these reviews is a podcast called The Tomb of Ideas. If you can hear this, please contact our families. Call the authorities. Anyone. Tell them we can be found at... Now, now, boys. Let's not give too much away. You can find James and Trey every other Wednesday. At the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. A proud member of the Cinepunks podcast group. See you there, Tomb Believers.
loonies welcome back you are listening to into the night the moon night podcast this is episode 167 and you are joined by your high priest of conchu ray and noel looney tunes tate or just looney as noel mentioned at the the top of the show uh, anyway, we are doing a, and I've got this wrong on the prompt sheet. Great, I didn't cut that out. We are doing a Lunapic <laughs> Classic Run review. It's Moon Knight Volume 1, Issue 16. Um, and uh, yet we have uh, a couple of stories here, Noel, to keep us mm-hmm. keep us happy. Right. Uh, and so let's get into it. The uh, credits for this issue, Shadows of the Moon, which does the moon really cast a shadow? No. Not really. No. Uh, but the writer is not our boy, Doug Mensch, and the penciler is not our boy, Bill Sienkiewicz, which mm. I completely forgot that they took a, a couple breaks in volume one. But the writer is Jack Harris, penciler Denise Cohen? I don't know. Does that sound? Denise? Denise Cohen? French, yeah, perhaps? Denise. I don't know. Uh, uh, the inker are uh, Steve Mitchell and famous Joe Rubenstein and Klaus Janssen. Uh, colorist Christine Schill, letterer uh, Janice Chang, Chang. Uh, editor, of course, is our famous boy, rest in peace, Denny O'Neill. And then there is, of course, a backup in this issue, which I had also forgotten about, and that's Jack Harris again writing. And this is Jimmy James, the man so nice they named him twice, penciling, <laughs> uh, inker, uh, Armando Gill, colorist, Christine Schill, editor, of course, again, w, uh, Denny O'Neill. And uh, it's, f- it's Floppy's Digital. You can catch it. I have my floppy right here. Mm-hmm. If you can hear that, that's what. Yes. That's a floppy. Adds an all. Mm-hmm. Not many, though, because this is a direct market. So ah. it's not as fun. Uh, you can, of course, you can get it on digital and Marvel Unlimited. And it's uh, in the Epic Collection and the Essentials Volume two and it's what the volume two of the epic as well yes so i'm going to be reading that from the epic uh, it's a fortuitously called shadows of the moon as well so um volume two check it out loonies yeah so interesting as well i mean that second story as well no we'll get into it this is a, a it's one of the few that i've seen is it's a pre moon knight tale it's before mark mm-hmm. Spector became moon knight so uh, a, a, an interesting window into his life I guess as a merc, um, a different sort of yeah. merc. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, so loonies, for those that haven't listened before, what Noel and I will do, we'll hit you up first with a bare bones. And Noel, I think we can probably do the synopsis. The bare bones, bones sorry, is a synopsis um, in case you haven't got the, the comic and, and want to get a summary of it. Um, I might just read out them consecutively, Noel, these backup stories, and then we can just discuss... And bounce between the stories because uh, the second story is pretty short. Yeah, um, yeah. so we'll, we'll do a, a synopsis or a bare bones, followed by just an open discussion of, of different things, ranging from uh, writing, uh, the artwork, uh, themes, uh, characterizations, and and any references to any runs. Uh, there were a few kind of parallel threads happening in the first story um, and some character development. So it'd be quite interesting to hear your thoughts on that, Noel. Uh, and then mm-hmm. we'll cap that off with our uh, moon rating. So Noel and I, we both have a choice of whether to use the vanilla rating of the phases of the moon uh, at a 10 or the patented Connoisseur's rating system, uh, patent pending. Um, so a very unique system 
you'll catch our drift. Anyway, Noel, uh, I guess overall as well, overall impressions. Oh, hey, hang on. No, what am I talking about? Why don't you read out the story, Ray? Read out this handwritten bare bones. Okay, so uh, here, here we go, listeners. This is uh, this is the bare bones for both stories, Shadows of the Moon and Seekers of Stone. Kick it with that deleter music. Yeah. Moon Knight has a close encounter with a terrorist named Sharp on a construction site late at night. Sharp tragically dies in a scuffle with Moon Knight, leaving the White Knight with no answers. Meanwhile, a young boy, Doug, admires the cape-crusading abilities of Moon Knight after it is featured in the news, much to the chagrin of his father, Detective Stephen Mills. Elsewhere, Alexander Latimer and his second-in-command, Mitchell, plot a scheme to betray their country by taking out the East Coast communications grid with a nuclear device hidden beneath one of the construction sites that Latimer has. Incidentally, it's also the construction site where Sharp met his death. Latimer hires a blacksmith, an ex-con with a past, to replace Sharp and to escort one of his technicians, Mr. Morris, to arm the device and set the wheels in motion. Stephen Mills is killed whilst trying to investigate the death of Sharp, leaving Doug disenchanted uh, and keen to find Moon Knight. Having learned of Latimer's underhanded dealings, Moon Knight encounters Blacksmith and Morris and a fight ensues. Doug arrives also and is almost uh, and almost distracts Moon Knight to the point of defeat. The nuclear device prematurely detonates before it could be fully armed, allowing Moon Knight to round up his stunned opponents. Doug learns a valuable lesson in following the law and Moon Knight leaves him to decide what path in life he wishes to choose. Pursue. Great ending there. And for uh, Seekers of Stone, we have an early adventure of Mark Spector mercenary um, before he became Moon Knight. Uh, situates him in Stuttgart, accepting a job from a sculptor called Mr. Collins. Spectre is um, is to claim an artifact from a Mr. Karg, which Collins hopes will re, uh, reignite his failing sculpting career. The artifact is Medusa's head, and Collins um, hopes to turn people to stone and pass them off as artworks. The equally Machiavellian Mr. Karg captures Mark Spector and Collins' daughter as they both try to steal the head from him. In a desperate move, Spectre reflects the evil glare of Medusa back at Mr. Karg as he takes it out of the box, hoping to kill the pair. Spectre and Collins' daughter escape and return, a now head of stone, to Mr. Collins. Mark later becomes Moon Knight in years to come, but what becomes of Mr. Collins? There you go, loonies. Um, apologies there for the the stunted reading. I'm, I was having trouble reading my own writing there. <laughs> so <laughs> usually type these things out, but uh, last minute, as is always the case. Anyway, Noel, um, I guess jumping overall, maybe the two issues. What what did you think of um, of this issue? Like it being split and it being a non Doug Mensch Bill Sinkevich. Uh, well, that was the big big thing that caught me. It, in volume one, you're kind of in a certain headspace reading all of it, and this seemed to kind of veer, at least the uh, the the main bulk of the issue, the Shadows of the Moon story, seemed to get very um, 
I don't know, kind of the corny kind of Marvel of the time, you know, 1982. It's, I don't know. It's a kind of a, it's, it's, it's kind of a bipolar story in a way. Cause there's parts that seem really kind of, you know, dark. I mean, right away, the first thing that happens is somebody dies in the story mm-hmm. and it's, it seems very deep. And right away it was like, I mean, I read this issue. I don't even know how long ago it didn't even stick in my memory. And I reread it and I was like, I don't remember any of this. This is really dramatic, but at the same time, it's got these bits. There's, you know, like in the synopsis, you didn't mention <laughs> The fact that uh, the you know the the kid goes the only superhero he knows he can get a hold of is the Fantastic Four, so he <laughs> puts a ask the thing and Alicia Masters says, "Come on, Ben, at least you could do is try to get a hold of Moon Knight somehow." Yeah, and so he puts out an APV and he's like, "Hey, Moon Knight, there's this thing going on," and you know Frenchie picks up on it and it's like, "We, you know, the, hey Mark, there's a call for you to I don't know, very convenient." It was very definitely weird, a, wasn't it? A plate, yeah, just so they could put the blue-eyed thing on the cover to hopefully probably sell a couple more books, yeah. um, which was, you know, what all guest star appearance were meant to do. Um, but, yeah, overall, it's it's an interesting place. It almost feels, in a weird way, like kind of almost a, more of a volume two story you know the mm-hmm. short um oh, uh, yeah. fist of fist, fist of Kanchu, where, yeah. where it's kind of like this is fun and they but it's you know i mean they, they use the word adventure a couple times in yeah. it, you know it just, <laughs> just seems so, you know moon knight is a you know, like indiana jones or something like um yeah. what's the guy's name? not the wrecker i mean he looks like the wrecker from the wrecking crew but um the blacksmith, the blacksmith. yeah <laughs> i wonder if he was meant to b- become a a marvel character or, or it was because it, it's left open isn't it um and i wonder if um young jack c harris had hopes that he'd establish a marvel character in the universe i.e blacksmith uh, but he doesn't he doesn't seem to have that big an appeal i don't know i can't speak of back in the day but this guy with a couple of heated heated tongs is that right uh what do you call them clippers or something that he yeah um, i forget like forceps forceps sorry and he trains himself to um he studies moon knight i don't know where he gets his information from while he's in jail he has just posters of moon knight on his cell (laughs) and he studies his action moves apparently and that is enough. It's almost as good as Taskmaster. And that is enough to when he actually finds Moon Knight, we see Moon Knight goes, how does this guy know what I'm about to do? It's almost as if he, he knows my fighting style. But, like, you think yeah. about it, and if you get really nitpicky, it's kind of, well, how does Blacksmith get to this level? Sure, in jail, you can you can pump yourself up with some weights and, you know, be really fit, but you can't really have that battle experience or the combat experience Um you know well and he was able to build weapons in jail apparently <laughs> exactly it's very worrying i mean he built some yeah. heated forceps um there's like yeah. what one half a page one page of him escape like building that and escaping and turning on one of his cellmates or whatever yeah. he's like i thought you were gonna help and it kills the guy and yeah so I, I think stupid. in that when i was reading that i thought in that small instance um harris was obviously just trying to show us how driven 
and uh, selfish uh, blacksmith is because mm-hmm. he repeats a couple of times as well. Um, I only something like along the lines of I only care about blacksmith. There's only just blacksmith. He talks in third mm-hmm. person, you know. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, but he was. I thought. I mean. I could see an attempt there from Harris to try to create some sort of character, but it's really weird because, oh, well, actually, I'll go back a step, Noel, because you're mentioning uh, this is kind of like something different from the mention. It seems a little out of place. I found actually a, a few elements in here he was trying to, to, to tie it to kind of the mensch world that he created in the fact that, I don't know, you've got all these characters like Latimer, and then you've got the this detective Stephen Mills, and you've got... You even have these these incidental characters like Mitchell and Mr. Morris, uh, and mm-hmm. like you have a cast of a lot of people that aren't particularly super or anything. So it's very kind of the only, apart from the thing, the only superhero is is Moon Knight, and again he's fighting like just normal people, um, blacksmith. Yeah, I, accepted. I, I, of course. Se- it seems like Harris had had, had read the run so far, mm, uh, yeah. but just did decided to. I don't know if this was stuck in a drawer somewhere. Like, oh, I've got a Moon Knight story. Like, yeah. hey, Harris, you got something for Moon Knight? Yeah, quick, let me read the Mensch's stuff. Okay, I got something. Yeah. Um, but he's, I, you know, and, and no disrespect to him. I think he did the best he could do. But it just gets hard to be... It, it doesn't really... I know he's trying to keep sort of in the world of, you know, the New York vigilante, but having a nuclear bomb under the subway to... <laughs> Jeez, What's going to on there? Blow, blow up... He not only blow up... The tel, that's I think the telecommunications for the East Coast was a side benefit. He said he wanted to destroy New York City. Yeah. I and I just what. don't get where these motivations... I mean, I know it's 80s comics, but that yeah. seems a little... Everything else seems a little bit more grounded. Then when I got to that part, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, well... well <laughs> Well, I thought maybe that was kind of... Um, actually, I'll put it the other way as well to you, Noel, as well, because Latimer does talk about being in cahoots with a foreign power. And, and, and so he's backing them. So he's kind of scratching their back. Like, he's going to take out the grid, and apparently they're going to start to invade the US, and you know, because that grid's out. Um, sure. And, and to get a billion in gold, he says as well. But on the mm. flip side... The collateral damage. It seems he just doesn't care that he's going to nuke New York, which is, uh, and on top of that, which is, oh my god, the worst. He's mm-hmm. going to trick Blacksmith and Morris by saying, oh yeah, put a delay on it, and it's going to blow them up as well. <laughs> like, yeah, which is funny, but it's kind of like yeah. it's you know it seems like a mystery and what's going on. It, yeah. It's in the sort of in the Moon Knight arena, but. Uh, a nuclear bomb that's going to destroy the entire East New York City, and yeah. seemed a little bit out of uh, of Mench's world of. of Although, mind you, Noel, it did remind me. And if we're talking about re- references from other runs, there was mm-hmm. another nuclear device. There was actually a band of terrorists. I don't know if you remember it. It was a Doug Mench Sinkevich run. It was in one of the Hulk magazines. I think it was, I'm going to pull out any number now, anywhere between 13 to 15. Um, okay. Where, um, if, you, if you recall, Moon Knight stops him in the park, Mark Spector, and then he comes, oh, this was, it was all set up by Lupinar. And, um, mm-hmm. and there's a second yeah, Moon Knight. Yeah, but they were they were carting off apparently a nuclear device to, to New York City as well. So yeah. it seems like nuclear devices are, are pretty popular in New York. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was the Cold War, and that's been, oh, yeah. a, you know, up until, up until terrorists, I guess, found other ways to uh, 
to mess yeah. up New York City, everybody was mostly worried about um, nuclear devices, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was the age of Reagan, after all. <laughs> yes, true. Um, but yeah, so that that was the main, like, that was the main uh, like thread of this whole thing. And then off the side, okay, we've already mentioned, and we'll stick to it, we've mentioned uh, like almost an origin of sorts for Blacksmith. We get a nice little one-pager about him. Uh, but also on the other side, we get Stephen Mills and his son, Doug. Uh, also um, found pretty Doug, weird. Doug Manchel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Doug, yeah. Um, Doug Mills. And, um, and this Doug, this little fella, geez, he, I thought, I thought we were big Moon Knight fans. He's Moon Knight's number one fan. I don't have a single poster, let alone one <laughs> that my dad could tear off the wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you think of these is that guys? The parallel, is that the parallel yeah. between between little Dougie and the blacksmith? That they both somehow found the same store to buy Moon Knight posters? <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. They've got. Um, but I was I was trying he, to figure out the significance of this second thread here. Was there any sort of parallels that you picked up with the other characters at all? I mean, aside from you know just you know cynic, cynically saying about the posters with with blacksmith. <laughs> What was, the, yeah, what, was the, what was the purpose of this, this of Stephen Mills? I, I just, uh, obviously, just to have something in kind of the third act for Moon Knight to be able to uh, protect besides the city itself, I guess. Yeah. Uh, to try to have kind of an emotional hook to the story, it yeah. seemed like. And there's no better than a, what a, I don't even know if he's a teenage it's hard to tell. The art kind of changes. Um, one, th one, th one thing about, uh, you know, Cohen's pencils is he has a little bit of same face for a lot of his characters. And sometimes Doug yeah. looks like a 20-something-year-old and sometimes he looks like a 13-year-old. So it's hard to tell. Um, it is hard to tell because actually one of, there's one of the instances there, Noel, where he actually, his mum just gets a phone call that her husband or his father's died. And then he just walks out of the house. Like he looked to me like a ten-year-old boy at first, and then I'm thinking, you know, mm -hmm. he's got to be a bit older than that if he can actually just hail a cab and just like yeah. leave the house like that. So I thought that for a second he hails a cab, and I was like, oh, yeah. this could be smart, you know. It's yeah. instead of the intel that 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 Moon Knight gets. What if he would have just followed this detective and found out that his kid was there and his kid knew, you know, he could have, Jake Lockley could have drove the kid into the city or whatever, but yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, it's just, a, it's just a regular cab. That's disappointing. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so Doug was, uh, a bit of a weird one. Um, if anything, I found that, um, so he, the father was saying, look, you know, I, I hate vigilantes. Um, your father's in the police force, part of the law. You know, you should be um, respecting me over Moon Knight. In the end, though, the story shows that Stephen Mills, unfortunately, tragically, he he, he dies. Um, he falls through a hole, gets um, gets run over by hit by a, a, a train, uh, <laughs> and Moon Knight is the one that actually <laughs> solves the case. So um, you you'd be hard pressed if you were Doug to think, okay, well, I think vigilantes actually get stuff done. And this was mm -hmm. addressed by Moon Knight at the end. He says something yeah. weird like, okay, well, I bend the law a little just to give it a nudge to, you know, yeah. yeah. But you can't. He, I, I don't think it like works. That. Yeah. No, it doesn't really work. I mean, he says he's. Uh, 
The system isn't perfect by any means. Yep, that's what it is. He was like, I, uh, I'm at... I can't, I don't want to dig read into it. But yeah, basically just that the system isn't perfect and I just help move it along yep. or whatever. It's like, that doesn't seem very... That's one thing they don't ever talk a lot about is, is generally in Moon Knight is like his vigilantism, you know, mm. like, I mean, they touch on it, but they never touch on the whole problem with being a vigilante. Like they rarely do in comics regardless, you know, yeah. like, um, why are these people just, why are superheroes even a thing? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, they could have they could have easily gone for it at the beginning. Like the, I was waiting for when Sharp falls to his death, and you see mm -hmm. Moon Knight just standing on top of that scaffold uh, on, the, on top of the the building construction site. Mm -hmm. I would have thought the crowd would have gone. Moon Knight did it. You know, he's a he's a vigilante. Mm -hmm. He's killed him. But Harris quickly kind of addresses that by saying oh, in the news. I can't remember in the news. Is saying, oh yeah. no no, that's, that's not good. his mo. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. And it's like, this is pre-Watchmen, I suppose. So there's a little less cynicism for that. But mm. it's just funny. There, There is some of that cynicism built into Marvel Comics at the very beginning. Because if something like that happened with Spider-Man while Lee and Ditko were writing, if the cops would start shooting at Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the cops hated Spider-Man. <laughs> and it's just like, well, we need to get on the right side of the law here. But it's like you, you have to circle that square or however you say it, like put that peg in. Like how yeah. how do they even reconcile that, you know? And it, yeah, like you said, a little bit, this is like, you know, his father is saying vigilantes aren't the real heroes or whatever. But then it's just quickly. Oh, no. Yeah, but they are. Yeah. They are Again, I just have to wonder whether maybe... Jack C. Harris had big, big plans for the likes of Blacksmith and Doug, Doug Mills, because I think at the end of this, it opens it up for, for Doug to choose his path, right? I mean, this is the path. Well, these are the options that you have, Doug, which Moon Knight's saying to him, like, you know, you, you can you can um, follow me and, and, you know, help help the law out a bit like that. Or, or you know, you can be true to look what you, look what your dad did. He actually discovered where the device was, stuff like that, and and um, mm -hmm. the authorities took away Blacksmith and Morris. So, um, but unfortunately, I don't think unless I, I mean, I should do should have done the research. I don't think Doug, little Dougie Mills, I, pops up anywhere else I, in the Marvel universe. No, I, yeah, exactly. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure he would have loved his character to become a a little sidekick or something like that. But we had a different sidekick instead, and that story was a lot better. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. Interesting here. So, you, you, I mean, let's just talk a little bit about the art. You said, um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a few of the, the figures, uh, the faces are the same. Um, I think you did a, an all right Moon Knight. Um, what do you, yeah. I mean, I mean it's no. Compared, it, it's in yeah. the Sienkiewicz age, so it's like, to me, it's it looks. Not, and, you know, yeah. I'm a fan of kind of the house Marvel style of the 80s. But this mm -hmm. seems to, it's, it's some of the, the, you know, the figure work and the art itself is fine. But, um I felt that a lot of the storytelling was actually kind of hard to keep up with. Like those, that page of a blacksmith in jail, I had to kind of glance over mm. it twice because that was a hard time sort of keeping up. There's some really, really small panels of like when he uh, is escaping and he kills his guy he's supposed to be escaping with or whatever he does. It's hard to tell if he even kills him or not. But yeah, um, some of the storytelling seems a little muddled in that way. And there's just so many thought bubbles and so many word balloons oh, that it's looks... distracting from everybody has, you know, it's the age, but everybody has to have a thought. You got to hear everybody's inner thoughts. 
Yeah. I think, I mean, um, looking at it now as well, you're right. I mean, each of these pages are packed with panels. Like, uh, Cohen really does pack them in there. Uh, it's quite a quite a lot to, to get through. Uh, and he's got a lot of small panels. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um, it's very different, immediately different from what you usually expect from Moon Knight because we're kind of spoilt with the the Sinkevich kind of art, uh, so it doesn't mm-hmm. have that tone, that visual tone, to kind of aid you in this kind of gritty world of Moon Knight. Yeah, it's not it's not very noir, I guess. No. There's a good shot. I don't. I'm looking at the floppy, so the numbers pages aren't. Um, there, I guess it would be the penultimate pa- page uh, when they've arrested the blacksmith and put him in jail. There's a shot where they're putting um, the co- his, him and his cohorts into the mm-hmm. into the into the police van, and it's just a shot behind, and the cape is just Moon Knight's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. Yeah, it's just yeah. how tight how tight Mark's ass is right there. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Then the next little page, it's a page of Moon Knight and Doug walking together and it's just crotch ahoy there. Um so the, the beauty the, of Moon Knight is you don't have to draw his arms. If say like with his cape, he's just a flowing cape. Um, mm-hmm. so. and a and a and an ass apparently. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean the the art was um I think I think the art, art was serviceable here. It was good. It, it no way did it leap out or anything like that. But I didn't think it for me. It I didn't detract too much from the story. Um, I mean, I, yeah. So uh, I found I found if anything, I guess the inks were maybe a little maybe a little flat. In um, I don't know if we if we we lean towards the inkers. There are three inkers as opposed to the mm-hmm. artist itself. But those establishing shots of I mean, there's some fine shots of the architecture. So we first see um, the the Mills home. We see, I think it's I think it's Grant Mansion. Yeah, it is Grant Mansion. Mm-hmm. With again, I've got to call out the the helicopter, the moon copter. Again, is back to its dorky best. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love um, it. But I love about <laughs> it is the the silence because I love this idea of him just grabbing the rope ladder. And the the citizens. And it seems blow. like he's flying away. Yeah, yeah, how cool is that? That is cool. Um, but um, yeah, the establishing shots, establishing shots of the architecture, like um, I felt a bit flat with the colours and the and the inks. There were three shots of of three different residences there, Noel. Um, yeah, if you didn't have the uh, caption box telling us where we were, it'd be like, what is going? On? Like, there's yeah. the first shot when they go out, they go to the villains' mansion. It says like out in Connecticut or wherever the yes. hell the villains want to. And so I was yeah. like, oh, is that Grant? Grant? Man- oh no, it's not Grant, Grant Manor. Okay, never mind. And uh, you know, so a lot. Yeah, a lot. I just find a lot of it confusing as far as storytelling goes. I don't know if this is a young artist or if it was just a rush mm. at the time. Yeah. But it, they're trying to just pack a lot in for a script that just could have been cut down a lot yeah actually i'm bothered by some of the profile drawing too there's like a couple of moon knight in costume where his rib cage is sticking out so far (laughs) and it i don't know there's just a couple kind of weird things and like i said everybody has same face yeah um and there is this one where you're talking about profile that's towards the end i think it's the last page of that story and you see moon knight talking to doug and i think the angle of his head i think Cohen still persists in putting the two eyes there, which make the perspective look really weird. 
Um, yeah, there's a couple of things like that actually in there of Moon Knight yeah. where his eye, where the white eyes are shining through the, through the darkness, and it it's, it looks really weird. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I don't I don't want to give anybody too hard of a time no. just being an artist myself. It's hard to do. I mean, his his he's a good he's a great artist. It's just yeah, you know, we're here to critique the stuff. And if I'm being exactly. honest, it's like some of it, I I couldn't do it. I'll tell you that. But yeah. when you're so used to somebody like Bill Sienkiewicz, who is his storytelling is also really, I mean, everyone gives his just line work. It's, it's proper dues, but it's his storytelling is also really great. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. an issue like this that really makes you appreciate how, how he lays out a page. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and it's, it is bookended. It is hard because it is bookended by Sienkiewicz's, uh, Sienkiewicz issues. Uh, so issue mm-hmm. 15 and 17. So we're given what a good fifteen issues of Sinkevich, and then we get this, and then it's back to him. So it's hard not to compare uh, Cohen's yeah. with uh, with um, with the usual artist. Um, well, having said that, then if we go, I mean, let's just jump to um, the. Oh, actually, the last thing I want to. Well, the thing I want to talk about just towards the end is the the fight scene, the climax. Um, I, I thought it was a very unconventional one as well. There were a couple of explosions. First, Moon Knight manages to explode the fuel tank that the blacksmith is wearing on his back. Um, mm-hmm. Somehow. He somehow survives. He, he survives it. He just he says he goes with the flow and he just rode the wave, I guess, of, of the explosion. Um, Remember, kids, if you're ever in an explosion, just go with the flow and your arms the, won't fl- come flying off. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Moon Knight, a, bit, a, a little bit more believable that somehow that he got away. Um but then we get the nuclear device. So this is what I mentioned in the synopsis, right? So it, it explodes because they dropped the detonator, but I guess it wasn't fully armed, right? Because it had to, because otherwise it would have been a nuclear disaster. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, I think, I think a bit, um, a bit vague because once you drop the detonator, you think, oh my God, the thing's going to go well, off. You, you get a small panel that says, for wham. Yep. With an explosion. Yeah, so when you drop the detonator when it's not armed, apparently it still explodes as, as well. That's that's the thing. So I found that a little confusing because only for you know obviously for a split second, you, then then you kind of understand because they explain it. It's like um, uh, Morris is the one who is um, unjustly given not enough screen panel time, I think, is Morris guy. Uh, but I guess mm-hmm. his purpose was served. I mean, he's just the guy that's meant to kind of arm the device. But um, they seem to go to great lengths to establish him, only for him to have such a small role. Yeah, and I don't think they did a great job of establishing him because it wasn't until he got to this point I had forgotten that he was even in the story. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's we... like, what, two pages of the the bad guys hide out and they're going through all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And then I completely forgot about it until we got back to yeah. the nuclear device under the subway. I was like, oh, right, okay. Wait, yeah, what? I think, yeah, I think he's he must have been shoehorned in because I guess Harris would have thought, look, I need to get Blacksmith over there, but he's a hired thug, so he can't arm the device. I need another character that can, oh, okay, we'll have Blacksmith escort this guy. And, Why you know, couldn't he arm the device if he can build weapons while he's in prison? You think yeah, he would be able to at least hit the on? Yeah, he could hit the on button. Yeah, exactly. I mean, back in these days as well, like I'm citing a few Spider-Man comics as well with these nuclear devices. Apparently, anyone can like build them, so it's mm-hmm. not that difficult. Um, well, you know. apparently, some 
uh, young child just built a like he in in real life just built a thermonuclear device in his Jeez. bedroom. So bloody hell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Was it was it was his name little Dougie Dougie Mills? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't remember his name, but he is really he really some little smart kid just built a thermonuclear device of some kind. Uh, in his room. Jeez. Science project. The youth. It's gonna it's gonna power up a an iron suit with it or something. <laughs> it's gonna come zooming out. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, we might have a, a little Tony Stark on our hands in the Tony real world. Um, mm -hmm. Well, how about we jump to to the second story then? Um, so this was a little Seeker bit more... Seeker of Stone, yes. Yeah, with uh, Jimmy James or James James or Jimmy Jimmy on pencils. The man's so um, nice, they named him twice. Yeah. Uh, Seekers of Stone, uh, let's start off with the art then, I guess, with, with Jimmy James. I found this uh, a lot more... There's a lot more meat to this art. I, I like it more. I like how Mark's client looks a little bit like the Crypt Keeper from e, from EC Comics. Okay. Um, and, and I guess that's a good segue to say I think the art actually looks in general a little bit more like the classic sort of 70s EC horror say, comics. Yeah, very, which is very cool. So, so maybe Jimmy, maybe Jimmy James worked on some some of that kind of stuff. Uh, some of the, yeah. there's a profile like on the second page of of. Uh, of the artist, whatever his name is, uh, um, Collins, like, yeah. yeah, looking up, looking over at Mark, where Mark's like standing yeah. with his hip, like talking to him and stuff. I was like, that looks like the Crypt Keeper. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, and, and the fact that it's like that this story, I thought to myself as soon as reading it, it's like this seems like which this isn't supposed to be like an insult to to Mark Spector, but it's like it's like if what if he was a dumb James Bond. <laughs> And I yeah. kind of like that element of a story because he even calls himself like a nitwit or something later. And he's like, I may not be the smartest guy, but I've got this figured out. And I was like, I love this story. I like way better than the main story, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it had a it's look. A, it's just It's fun. It is feels more like adventures. I would like mm -hmm. it would be, be cool in modern day somehow if we could get some more adventures of Mark yeah. Spector. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. Dumb asshole who's just trying to make money. Like, of course, the story is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if this is... I don't remember what year Clash of the Titans came out. Do you oh. remember that um, movie? Yeah, but I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to tell you when, when it came out, though. Um, but I, sure, I mean, that there. you know, that was a big plot in that movie was Medusa. Yes. So it's, it's, it maybe it was in the zeitgeist at the time. Yeah. But the... <laughs> It's a ridiculous story. The fact this guy's trying to get Medusa's head yeah. to, and I like how Mark just doesn't believe it, and then he still kind of doesn't believe it yeah, even after yeah. he sees it. I I, I love um, it. I I think I think this this kind of su I'm going to call it supernatural or you know mythical mold um, mm -hmm. is is a, a nice departure from say that the street stuff that we've been seeing, uh, and exactly as you say, this whole thing is packaged as a. A classic comic so the way it looks the way mark dresses um this this escapade to um to to get medusa's head it all has the hallmarks of a really old kind of tale and um i really like it i mean even down to the the lime green turtleneck and the mm -hmm. the blue safari jacket <laughs> yeah i was just gonna comment on that i really like and yeah. the uh the kind of puffy pants tucked into the boots. Yeah, it's it's so kind of old school, isn't it? Uh, and mm -hmm. and I think the uh, Jimmy James, yeah, d does a massive service to creating that feel. 
uh, that we get. I mean, even instead the Crypt Keeper, uh, that's actually more accurate. I was looking more at like an Ebenezer Scrooge or something, but yeah, Crypt Keeper is even better. Um, mm-hmm. And even this creepy um, is it Mister a man called Karg? I don't know where they come up with his names. Karg, Latimer. <laughs> <don't> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, he's got. Um, it was cool because he put on the gloves. At first, I thought he was actually just putting an artifact which was protected by snakes into a box. Like that was his. That's booty what I thought trap. too. Yeah. yeah, which was it was a good mislead, I guess, because I was like Medusa's head. What? Yeah, yeah. That's and so he, random. Yeah, he kind to me. He kind of looks like Puppet Master. I'm not saying that he is, but he's kind of got that yeah. little vibe as well. Well, his the big glasses. The I big love big glasses like, and the arched uh, eyebrows. Um, mm. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a short tale, so we, we there, there isn't much in development, but it, it goes at a cracking pace, I think. Um, no, and- it's like a weird, it is, and it's a weird mix, like I said, of like a dumb James Bond mm. and like a weird mystical, because the fact that even like uh, the artist's daughter comes to try to save him from himself, yes. and she's the one who, you know, like kind of sort of saves the day, but of course, you know, our male hero is the one who, at the end of the day who really does it. Yeah, I was able to look which at... is it's bad James Bond trope, but yes, in, in a but still like in a fun way. Like yeah. she's a great character to have oh, well, in this in keeping in story. this dated style. I mean, it's mm-hmm. consistent, isn't it? I mean, she does she does come out of nowhere. She's a mystery woman for all of two pages because it's a short story. It's revealed mm-hmm. that she's a daughter. I mean, the significance of that. To me, for her being a daughter, wasn't that too much of a surprise. I mean, because Collins wanted to grab this artifact. So when she turned up and she said, I'm his daughter, the first thing I was thinking of was, well, okay, so Collins is kind of, as insurance, um, has somehow asked his family member, a more abled person, to uh, to, to, to catch it as well. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't too kind of surprised that it revealed that she was a daughter. She doesn't even get a name as well. I, I had a look. She's got no name. She, just referred to as the daughter of um hmm. of things so uh, very <laughs> doesn't get much uh look into i mean even looking at the last page here if uh, colin says something he doesn't he doesn't mention her name um but pretty cool again that trope um noel of the mirror and medusa that's really the only way to defeat her isn't it you've just got to yep. shine it back on her um and Mark gets, gets done a fair bit. He he claims that he's quite woozy. Uh, he's I think he's heavily concussed. I mean, I'm, I was surprised the daughter. Well, didn't he ask. claims he's he's knocked on. There's a great panel of him getting knocked right in the head with a gun. Yeah, with so all the yeah. I, I, that was good. Um, it's a good bit of storytelling with that, and the fact that he yeah. broke the glass to cut himself mm-hmm. free, but then also used it to reflect a. By the pure head, accident, I thought was yeah. Pure by accident. pure accident, it was like yeah. fun coincidence, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're right. I mean, and he does mention it. He does. Uh, I may be concussed. I mean, but geez, what a what a trooper. I mean, he's still forming this is future sentences. Moon Knight. Yeah, he is future moon. <laughs> the signs of things to come. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, and at the end though, so again, I wasn't too sure. Of how to end it in the in the bare bones synopsis. I, I wasn't even sure if they got it right. It kind of left it up in the air a bit. So they bring back the head. It's it, it's turned to stone as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, and then so if, if you're look... holding Medusa's head and it would turn, I don't, yeah, I don't, whatever. But anyway, it somehow but... turned his head, to, her head to stone as well, because he was holding onto it when he was turned to stone. Yeah. 
But that okay. second last panel, it says, I don't know, I don't want to know. I don't know what all that's referring to. Um, and then it, it ends with, and he never found out. Mark, Mark Spector never found out. He recovered from his mm-hmm. injury and years later became someone else. Maybe the woman could have told him if he'd asked, he didn't. And so the secret is locked within her. The secret and her own, her very private grief. And she's crying at the end. So mm-hmm. what happened? <laughs> they brought their head to him, but what happened to Collins? Did he die? Did they... Did Maybe he's just sad because he's never been able to do any more artwork. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And which is a bit of a weird ending, isn't it? She's crying over that. I mean, I, yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird just because she went there to s- stop him from even getting the head, just to let him not be an artist anymore. So <laughs> yes, I guess so. maybe she's just confused or just keeping her grieving going. Maybe it's just continuous. Like I had yeah. to stop my idiot, my idiot father from doing something stupid with Medusa's head. Yeah. And we did. And now I'm just still sad because he can't make sculptures anymore or whatever. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I just didn't buy this ending at all. Unfortunately, I think the ending let it down a little. Mm, Everything else was There's pretty still good. another great drawing of Mark Spector's ass at the end. So. Oh, hang on. Let me see if I can guess. He's, uh, he's swinging off. Ah. Oh, no, I can't, can't see it. Oh, he's swinging off. Oh, yeah, yeah, the last yeah. one. Yeah, of course. Oh, they, they, yeah. The big Maybe ass. she's crying because she's going to miss Moon Knight's ass. <laughs> who, who knows? Um, and, like, the significance I was looking at, she picked up something from the newsstand. What is it? Maybe that has... But I can't even read anything in there. So a very kind of weird ending. Um but still an enjoyable one. As you say, I'd love to see more of Mark Spector tales, like pre-Moon Knight tales. Uh, it's not uncommon with, with characters, right? You get, I'm sure, aren't there issues of The Punisher before he became The Punisher? There are, from Garth Ennis, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. It would be really good to see Moon Knight before he became Moon Knight, even his earlier, even pre-Bushman, you know, that pre, that ill-fated journey to Egypt. I think that would be really cool. Um, yeah, well, they even say at the beginning of that story, he says this This is before I even met up with Bush, Bushman's army yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. So that is really cool. Yeah, I don't know how it... much they were doing that with other uh, comic characters. Like, I know that there's, there's the, the Tales of the Beat Man <laughs> books, but those are just like w- kind of one-off stories of sort of a young Bruce Wayne into his career as a superhero. But I don't know if there's ever been stories yeah, right. like... I mean, I can't, yeah, I can't uh, think like, of any you know sort of him traveling the world i mean i know there's like bits of like they've done flashbacks and stuff of him like sort of yeah. traveling the world and stuff but having full-on stories because that's one of the cool things about mark Spector is he does have a few years at least of um yeah of becoming a badass mercenary and then getting involved with the wrong people yeah. you know like it'd be cool to see you know they've done a, a couple flashbacks with him in the military sort of mentioned his CIA stuff, but it'd be great to see more of that. Like, it'd be like really to cool. To, yeah. The CIA things would be like him going on missions as a yeah. CIA officer would be pretty neat. I'd love to see um, CIA stuff. Um, yeah, and, and but the reason why I kind of like this one as well is because it's such a um, a departure from, you know, him as that idea of the Merc, like in Egypt, you know, mm-hmm. with the with the guns and and like kind of like um, the the Legion, a band of brothers and stuff. Over here, as you say, is very much like a James Bond kind of just a 
like but a, a dumb guide, one. A dumb, a dumb. <laughs> let's not forget a dumb one. Uh, just stumbling his way through stuff. No, no, he's he's a little bit more, um, you know, uh, tuned in. But uh, yeah, no, it, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'd love to love to see more. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Uh, any other any other points there, Noel? Um, that you might to raise. I think I think he sounded. Well, it, actually, that little story he sounded pretty much like from a classic tale. You, you know, I can't say yeah. that he didn't sound like Mark, but he sounded very much like the tone of the the whole story. No, I mean that's one thing you could say about early comics is like a lot of, or you know, it's really hard to keep anybody sort of in character when they're all yeah. have thought bubbles that yeah are sort of waxing poetic or just telling you what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, it. it in more modern and and not too far after sort of this point and there probably were comics before this point as well where the some characters really do have a personality like i mean i can say for the first story ben grimm sounds like ben grimm yeah, and we didn't like, speak about you know, ben grimm that much yeah he does well, doesn't but, he he sounds very much I, I noted that as well yeah mm-hmm. and it's like that there are some characters that were just set up so well that no matter who writes them, you know what the personality is going to be. And like yeah. Jack and Stan set, set up Ben Grimm even more than the rest of the Fantastic Four, even though Johnny's pretty much set too. Um, mm-hmm. But Reed, Reed and Sue have gone through kind of different variations of what, you know, but they very started off as very, like, you know, start, start, well, young lady, you know, that mm. kind of stuff. But Ben has always been. But I think partly is because they just basically, it's just Jack Kirby. And yeah. he's such a pers- personality, was such a personality on his own that yeah. anybody, I'm sure whoever even knew of Jack, knew exactly how to write yeah. Ben, you yes. know. So that's like, even though he's only in it for for no good reason at no all. Good, no good reason at all. There, there's one uh, line from it that I didn't really know what to make of it. It's one of my favorite from the issue. Ben Grimm, like Alicia says, oh, no, you know, you've got to help him. Like the little boy, I don't know if you noticed, but he's the son of the guy that died and he's actually asking for your help, Ben. Don't fob him off. And Ben, mm-hmm. ben says, you know, you may have bum peepers, but you see a lot better than It's <laughs> like, okay. Uh, did he just massively insult Alicia? <laughs> his blind girlfriend, who then later leaves him for his friend, but then who that turns out to be a scroll. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's that is it is really funny. Yeah. But I mean, that's classic Ben Grimm, you know. Mm. Like it's like he doesn't. Yeah. It's some Yancey Street. And and actually, talk right th- straight talk from the NC Street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and as you say, just further on, because we missed talking about like Ben Ben Grimm there. Um, I, I think his reaction as well to Doug was was a little harsh, but I think it was still true because um, their dynamic, the Fantastic Four, again, what I love about them is they they're so different from the other heroes. They're really celebrities, like to the to the to the populace of, of New York. Mm-hmm. So they have to deal with the paparazzi, constant fans. And this is why Ben has that kind of knee-jerk reaction of, of little Dougie coming up to him and going, yeah, whatever, go, go away, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it sounded a little harsh at first, but um, because we all know Ben's got one of the biggest hearts in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. But yep. uh, I found that really on, on point um, with, with his character. Well, that's that. yeah, that is just classic Ben. Like, there's so many stories of him slagging off his celebrity, but he does have the, you know, and it's that's just sort of a classic kind of uh 
trope for a character, not even just yeah. Ben, but it's just to be like, ah, forget about it, Ben. And then of course he comes around because you know he will. Yeah. And it, he's always going to help. Um, and it, it's such a weird, different contrast to like, I have just reread this and I thought I'd bust it out just in comparison is the Marvel mm-hmm. 2 in 1 starring The Thing and Moon Knight. And uh, we won't get into it, but I'll just say it's also a ridiculous story, but it's the first time they meet and it Ben is it just you know it's a different writer I can't even remember who wrote this little story it and was is that, um, is that Crossfire as well yeah Crossfire is in this one <laughs> uh oh Stephen Grant is the writer of this one actually oh, right, okay. uh but but he nails Ben's voice exactly nice as yeah. you as as you would and it's just it's a fun story that I hope you and I can cover so oh yeah day. absolutely well, we've got something else pinned um, a bit later on down the track as well. Not well, not that far down the track. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely be having uh, Noel. You'll be hopefully back on, hopefully in a more amenable time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd love to cover that as well. well. We'll see if we can fit it into another. I think there's another other side of the moon segment coming. So Looney's for those that don't know, other side of the moon uh, is basically Moon Knight in in comics that's not typically his own his own series so um uh, as noel mentioned that marvel two in one does that team up i always get mixed up it's it is two in one would it be the ben grid ones so yeah uh, two in one yep um yeah so that's uh that's a good one yeah the 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 ben Grimm ones are just a lot of fun as well i mean i i've read a couple uh with i'm doing a spider woman read and he's in mm. actually uh a lot of he's in her first appearance as well. He teams up with Shang Chi hmm. of all people, uh, Ben Grimm. Oh yeah, I mean if you go the the Marvel um, two in ones, it's a little hint. They're a lot. The floppies are a lot easier to find for really cheap because they're not nice. quite. You know, it's the thing. It's not Spider Man. Mm. So you know the Mar- the Marvel team ups. You can still find those for pretty cheap too. But uh, okay. for some really fun one off stories, and if you. Re- like Ben Grimm at all, or the Fantastic Four, try to collect as many as the two in ones you can, because every one is just like a one-off story with yeah. all the hero. You know, he's, every B and D list hero, they yeah. they would throw. You know, it's the idea is throw them in with the popular hero. And the thing was, like people don't remember. Like the thing was at it was a late seventies, yeah. er, just as huge as Spider Man was at yeah. the time. Yeah, you know, like it was he was the huge for good reason. You know, yeah. like we just said he was he's a fantastic character yeah i, I remember one of the two in ones i think i haven't read it but it's, it's a thing and i think aquarius of all people mm-hmm. like really <laughs> weird characters you wouldn't associate with so uh and you know we're glad because he, he gets a team up with moon knight so um and the last i, I know there's other ones what quasar as well um just mm-hmm. really kind of people you wouldn't think of um yeah so uh, I mean, so, like, really, ev- everybody in the Marvel universe, yeah. he pretty much teams. I don't, it'd be hard pressed to find a hero that he didn't team up with. He teamed up with a lot of mutants as well. He would have. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a, yeah. Okay, because the ones I've seen, like, yeah. I've only, like, seen a smattering. I've, I've never, but I'm sure he has. I mean, they're a big part of the universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, Noel, let's um, come on. Let's wrap this one up. Um, this these two, well, this one issue. How about we go for this double story? Uh, what would you give this issue sixteen? Shadows of the Moon and Seekers of the Stone, out of ten. Well, 
it's hard for me because you know it is two different stories and mm. i like one story so much more than the other so maybe we can do an av I mean, i'm terrible at math so average you have to help me out with the averages sure. here um but i think i would give the first story maybe a around like a four. Oh, it just didn't Ouch. it just it didn't like i said the story seemed just kind of manic and like the storytelling seems sort of manic and kind yeah. of out of place for the, for the run. I mean, I only have, you know, issue, the issue before and after to really to kind of compare it to. Yeah. And even on its own, it would seem a little, yeah, manic to me. So the art is not my jam and the storytelling is not my jam. Um, so it's, I would have to call it slightly disappointing. It's not terrible, sure. but I, I would I would put it on the um, the lower side of 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 middle, I guess. But the other story, I would put a little higher. I would say maybe a, a seven or eight, maybe even. I really Ooh. did love how how that story. It was just fun and quick and uh, ridiculous, but in a classic kind of adventure way so either you know if we're going to go for conchu's rating i would probably even say a big beautiful yellow man whatever that means big, beautiful yellow uh, man well, <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. but the first story maybe i telephone moon telephone but if we average those i guess if we average those out together it put it puts it right at it maybe a five and a half is that what it would oh, be if something you get for like an eight that? yeah it would go down mm -hmm. to it would be down a six a getting small moon Mm. Um, a, a smack bang mm. right down the middle of six, mm. which is pretty good. Like for, a, I mean, yeah, so a lot of. A I lot just of it, think the second story really makes up for a lot of the, the yeah. deficits of the first, which is a, a big, uh, like a big thing to say because the second story is like a smaller story, right? A shorter one, so uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it packed a lot of punch. Um, I would, uh, yeah, let me split this up as well because it, it's just easier, and we'll get the average. I, I was gonna give the first one a five and a half. I think. Um, you know, five, a little bit over five because uh, it's. It, I didn't hate it, um, but it did the bare the bare minimum for me to to just like to enjoy it. Um, so a five and a half for that one. Uh, but the the other one I thought was yeah really good. I, I'd give that a I'd give that a good seven and a half. So let me just do my maths here. Um, so six and a half. So I gave it a six and a half out of ten in average. Ooh, slightly higher. You liked it more than me. Um, yeah. So you got a six and <laughs> six and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, I think we're pretty much uh, even ground on that second story, but I think I like mm -hmm. I, I like the first one just maybe a little bit more uh, than mm -hmm. you. Um, so six and a half there, loonies, and I'm gonna go for the I'll go for the vanilla. So let's go. It's just right at a, a mid waning gibbous um, for that. So. Uh, so there you go, listeners. That's um that is our review of Moon Knight issue sixteen, Shadows of the Moon, and Seekers of the Stone. Um, Noel, a huge thank you for for coming on as well. I um I know obviously this is not like a a, a mass departure because we'll be seeing you again, um hopefully soon to uh, do. I think we've got pit down the track. It's a Marvel team up one forty four. Uh, it's the mm -hmm. Spider-Man one with Moonlight. That should be a good one as well. So again, Loonies, we have a an other side of the moon coming up soon, and and Noel will be returning for that. But a huge thanks, Noel. Uh, it's always always fun to chat. Thank you, Ray. Your beard's looking good, by the way. Keep that Corona beard going. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the Corona, the Rona beard. <laughs> 
Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to you want to plug or shout out to, or um, where can people find you if they want to uh, chat about uh, the thing with you? Ah, yeah. Everyone, read the thing. Read his solo series from the 80s. It's fantastic. Um, Well, you can find me on Twitter if you just enter my name, K-N-O-L-T-A-T-E. I haven't been making any music because of the world uh, sucking. Um, I haven't really even seen my bandmates in several months, so no new music right now. Uh, I've just been drawing a lot, Mm. so if you want to check out my Instagram... um, Tate underscore drawings. Um, I did a whole series of Moon Knight drawings that are on yeah. there last week. Yep. I think five or six or seven. Uh, just, you know, fun doodles of Moon Knight. And uh, it's I guess it's Inktober on the old Instagram. So I've been uh, ha- hashtagging that with some things. Um, nice yeah. And, and um, if anyone wants to buy any art, most of it is available if it hasn't sold. I've been selling some things, but you can just contact me in any way. Um, through the through the ITK group or Twitter or on Instagram, and uh, we can set something up, and I'll mail you some artwork. Um, <laughs> What's that? A bit of a Ben Grimm impersonation there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, just get a cigar in my mouth. Uh, other than that, cool. Nothing. Now you've been doing some bloody awesome uh, watercolors, watercolors as well. Uh, yeah, I've drawings. been doing that. My my partners. Uh, child has a bunch of so I've been using little kids watercolors <laughs> to, to, to do it to experiment because I you know before it was all just black and white and, and thought that would be fun I'll try doing some colors and it's it's fun yeah awesome no, nice one um, yeah so all of that will be in the show notes loonies um, drop a line to Noel check out his artwork as well I mean you, Noel's um, music uh, the band Alita is still available all on Bandcamp as well. So we'll put the, the show notes there. Go check it out. Awesome music. If you love what you hear at the beginning uh, and the end of the show, uh, that's just a little taste of deleted stuff. Oh, and of course, the, the bare bones um, dropping in those fine tunes while you hear Ray fumble his way through the bare bones. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no feedback in this episode because um, I didn't get it out there. Um, but still, it's not too late. We don't want to hear what you think anyway, people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. kidding. Drop them in afterwards. Let us know. I'd really like to yeah. hear what people think about this weird kind of one-off Absolutely. in the night volume one. Yeah, let's get some um, some discussions happening with this issue. It's an interesting one. Even the first or the second story, um, not too fussed. Uh, they're both worth, uh, worth discussing. Uh, finally, next phase, issue episode 168. Look, I've just been reminded, of course... Uh, the uh, the Avengers issue thirty seven comes comes out on Wednesday, so I will be looking at some sort of reaction video. I'll I'll reaction episode. I'll post up something in the group and the page. If you're dropping your thoughts, um, I'll read it out and let's um let's see what everyone thinks about the wrap up to this to this um this arc. Also, um, what originally I had was um, and I might still get this happening. Uh, it is a waxing crescent for next week, and it is a lunar pick again, but a modern run review. And uh, we'll be continuing our coverage of Moon Knight, uh, the Brian Michael Bendis Moon Knight, Moon Knight Volume Six, Issue Eight. And I'll be having the power, the power of, Chad of Chad with me for that one. Ooh, so that should be that'll good. be great. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm after rereading that stuff and going through it. You guys going through it. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, is it? <laughs> I think it's, I mean, Alex Maleev's art is so fantastic yeah, yeah. that I can just look at that. And the story is, 
It's the a story, good story. The story's fine. I think if you, yeah, I mean, if you read it as a, as a, like a trade, like a one thing, because mm-hmm. um, I can only imagine what it would be like if you had to wait a month. Um, the, the way that it is, it's just so kind of stop start. But as a whole, mm-hmm. it actually works really well. Um, so yeah, um, you just forget. I think people's biggest bitches is his new personalities, really. Yeah. And like you know, if you kind of forget about that, it's kind of a great story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my two a, cents. Yeah, has a lot of merit. I'll be with you there, Noel, as well. Um, so uh, finally, as well on Patreon again at the top of the show, if you consider uh, joining our Patreon page to check it out for some bonuses, uh, it's all it's all good. Itk, oh sorry, patreon.com slash itk moon uh, And as mentioned at the top, sponsored by Hello Headphones. If you use the the code itk moon you get ten percent off their store. And for Dreamland Comics, if you use the code Moon, you'll get 20% off their online store as well. So please consider that. Uh, great incentives and a big thank you f- to those um, to Hello Headphones and Dream Comics for sponsoring the show. Uh, we're affiliate member to Entertainment Earth. So, oh, no, you and I now both are proud owners of the Walgreens Moon Knight action figure. Hey, we yeah. are. Yeah, so I'm very happy <laughs> with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to have to do a review or something down the track. But if you haven't and you want to try and get it still, uh, check out Entertainment Earth. We have a link in the uh, in our show notes, and any purchase will help prop up the show as well. Uh, finally, we are part of The Collective, uh, a band of really cool podcasts. Go check them out. Um, there's a directory, again, in the show notes. Uh, so great episodes or great shows like Atalan Rising, a comic book podcast, or the likes of The Collected Edition by Paul Matthew Carr. Uh, and um, I'll shout out another one, Resurrections, Thanos and Adam Warlock podcast. So plenty of character-based podcasts, uh, as well as pop culture-based. Um, finally, you can email us at itkmoonlight at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. It's all in the show notes. I'm not going to bore you with that. Uh, and finally, if you want to rate us, um, please consider on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Uh, that will help us get out to more loonies. So, uh, Noel, it's uh, it's the start of the day for you. Uh, what what's planned ahead um, after after reading no such clue. a stellar issue? <laughs> Maybe a nap. A nap, yes. <laughs> you can nap after all that coffee. Oh. <laughs> In a couple hours, it will wear off. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice one. Um, no, always good again, uh, Noel. Catch up with you, um, and we'll thanks see for you. having me. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll see you again very soon. And as always, loonies may country watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Goodbye. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.